so yesterday our church had a um, communion service, Lord's table service, and uh, I'm not the lead pastor. I'm uh, an associate, um, so I wasn't necessarily having to think about what I was going to say next. And something that we either sang or something that our lead pastor said caused me to think about something. And um, second, my light bulb just went out. There we go. Um, and and it may not be, it may not seem to be a a prayer text to begin with, but I trust that we'll be able to draw our hearts to prayer as a result of it. But Second Timothy chapter two and verse nineteen says, "Nevertheless, the foundation of God stands sure." Having this seal, the Lord knows them that are his. And let everyone that names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. So as I was sitting, listening to comments yesterday around the Lord's table, two two words came to mind. And I, I trust that you'll be able to see the parallel in this text. This is kind of a, a text that the Lord opened my heart to even this morning. And that is... Um, um, union with Christ and communion with Christ. So I commented to the congregation yesterday that yes, around the Lord's table, we are demonstrating our union with Christ and our communion with him, also our communion with each other. And uh, as I was sitting there thinking, again, not, um, which maybe explain a few things sometimes if I'm not exactly <laughs> listening to all that's going on, my heart was racing in um, in this Union and communion. Um, so the, the, the foundation of the Lord stands sure. Having this seal, the Lord knows them that are his. So our union with Christ is really our response to his work, to the work of the Holy Spirit. He quickens our hearts. We respond to him in faith. But then once united to the Lord, nothing can separate us from him. Nothing. It's permanent. It is it is irrevocable, um, and we we never stand a little more united or a little yes less united. Um, union with Christ is permanent, but communion with Christ is a little different. So it's important for us to understand that communion with Christ has to be preceded by union with Christ. So. Um, if you listen to um, some preaching or some radio preachers or even read some material, there are those who would have us believe that if we just meditate on Jesus, we will become one with him. Or if we lose ourselves in Christ, or if we feel something, or if we have an experience, or we see a light, um, and even if we go through some religious ritual, somehow we get connected with Christ. But we understand that in order to have our union with Christ, we have to repent from our sin. We have to place our confidence, our trust in Christ. And then, then we have union. Then we are adopted into his family. So when we're, especially this week, when we're thinking about the incarnation and even um, the, the beautiful idea of reconciliation and justification and even even someday glorification, all these things become a treasure because of our union with Christ. So outward and inward circumstances can't affect union, but our communion and fellowship can be affected 
It can be affected by our lack of attention to the Lord. It can be affected by our own sin that we would entertain in our hearts. Um, Grieving the Holy Spirit, unresponsiveness to what God is doing. So yesterday on the way home from church, my wife was asking me about a couple that I've been counseling. And she asked me about the, if you will, the strength, long conversation, short answer, the strength of their marriage. And connecting these things in my head, I'm thinking, you know, you you can't be less married. You can't be more married. You are either union or not. And we can't be more unified with Christ. Um, but we can have a stronger or a weaker fellowship, communion in marriage, and likewise our relationship to Christ. So that that brought me full circle back to thanks be to God for his unspeakable gift. It's union but communion. Um, And really then our communion with Christ deepens. I love that word, deepens. When we nourish that relationship by what God has given us as the means of grace. So um, if you know farmers, I'm not a farmer. Um, I have, I can't hardly grow grass, but I, I, I'm not a farmer. I know a lot of farmers and they can put a seed in the ground, if you will. And I would say that is kind of like our union with Christ. We are placed in Christ, but that seed then grows and flourishes by communion, by nourishment and by weeding and by sunlight and our growth in Christ. So there is a sweetness that comes from our communion with Christ, affection for Christ. The Puritans used to call it seeing and savoring his grace. Seeing and savoring his grace. So we then, as a result of that, obey Christ and desire to obey Christ more fully and more freely in our fellowship with Christ. And so I was been talking to somebody, some people here recently about um, what, what might be missing in people's lives in church. If they're plastic or they're just going through the, the motions or maybe they don't seem to be fully engaged with what's going on, they may have a profession of faith, but it could be that they're missing deep, sweet communion with the Lord. So when we're doing that, when we're practicing the communion with the Lord, then we want to pray more. And we, you know, then I got thinking about this is what would propel people to even join our Zoom group and even see them deepen their relationship with Christ as a result and deepen our relationship with each other. It's union and communion. And communion, those seems to be the fuel for this. So Joshua or John 15, 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. And apart from me, you can do nothing. So friends, let's enjoy union. Let's also enjoy communion with Christ, with each other and with Christ as we pray. And may it just make the incarnation, justification, reconciliation, glorification, even more of a treasure as we consider what we have because of Jesus Christ.